This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so coronavirus and your right to carry in Texas. That's where we are this week. States of an emergency, quarantines, and disaster de declarations can bring fear and panic for everyone. And due to this uncertainty surrounding them, you know, when state governments throughout the U.S. have varying policies regarding how your rights change, it can be confusing for anyone to fully understand their freedom during these times. And when it comes to your firearms, be assured that we will keep you up to date on any changes. Now, as for the general coronavirus updates and local national conditions, the news on these restrictions is coming fast and furious across the nation. So let's dig right into it. And we're going to welcome to the show Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Edwin, man, I hope you can explain all this stuff to us. Well, okay, Mike, I'll give it my best shot. But, you know, it, it really is. This is, you know, I'll, I'll preface everything by saying that, number one, we should all remember that we don't lose our constitutional rights, even in states of emergency or states of disaster. So we still have those. Uh, number two, that generally does not require an expanding of the criminal law. Uh, and number three, we really are kind of in new uncharted territory in that this is not a traditional um, disaster or state of emergency. Uh, you know, all of our you – know, what, what we traditionally think of and, and what the law is kind of designed to deal with are natural disasters, which are very localized, which um, you know deal with a very you know, very specific types of issues, um, and it usually requires that people are evacuated from an area. And so that's one of the issues that that's always talked about: is what can they force me to go? Can I? What can I take? What can I not take? That sort of thing. This is the complete opposite. This is where the government is basically ordering you to stay at home, you know. And so, and so, any any kind of experience run, actually runs counter to what we're doing in this particular situation. So, uh, and 
Um, also, you know, there's there's sort of a, a mandate. Sometimes it's spoken, sometimes it's unspoken, that they they don't want the police arresting people and taking them to jail. In fact, they're releasing people from jails. So the last thing you know that that the police want to do with a um, you know, I guess with a with a rule breaker during this time is actually put them in custody and take them somewhere. That's kind of that's kind of the opposite of what we're you know what the overall objective is is to keep people isolated and separated from one another. Yeah, because we do see like in in Houston a guy who actually shot someone who's on you know has charges pending for murder. They actually let him out, you know, because of the, you know he was afraid of you know, catching the coronavirus. Yeah. So if we could start with, I guess, those those kind of ground rules, uh, maybe we can hopefully shed some light on, you know, what the government can do and can't do. And, and uh, uh, But keeping in mind that it's ever-evolving. I mean, just as, you know, just as you were fixing to take the air this afternoon, you know, Greg Abbott had another press conference where he was outlining another set of rules that we're supposed to, you know, that we're supposed to take as advice for, I guess, until the time he has another press conference. Okay, yeah, and 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 here's that update, you know, right now of what the governor actually said just moments before we came on air. Yeah, Mike, the governor was talking about uh, basically the – first gave an update on the number of statewide cases – uh, saying that there's some kind of discrepancy between the numbers that the state Department of State Health Services is reporting and what you might find with the media or Johns Hopkins. 334, that is the confirmed number of positive cases here in the state right now. That is based on confirmed positive tests, also up to six deaths across the state right now. Governor Abbott also saying 8,000 tests have been completed so far across the state. As far as new rules that he threw out, uh, the main goal right now for the governor was increasing the number of hospital beds that are available. He uh, waived some nursing regulations that allow nurses with uh, expired licenses and uh, out-of-date licenses to come back into the field, as well as some other restrictions there. And he also waived some restrictions on putting more than one patient in a room, so uh, increasing the number of rooms that are available within the state's hospitals there. Abbott resisted the urge to put down a statewide shelter in place like we've seen in, say, New York or California, uh, basically citing that, uh, as he said during the press conference, 200 of the state's 254 counties have not seen a single positive case of COVID-19 yet. So Abbott doesn't really want to use that big hammer from the statewide level, although he did say if local jurisdictions, whether it be Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, you name it, if those local jurisdictions feel the need to drop in that uh, stricter regulation to uh, combat the spread of COVID-19 within their communities, he definitely supports that method as well. Wow. And that's your update from Talk 1370 AM, sponsored by Texas and U.S. Law Shield on COVID-19. All right. So, Ed- yeah, and, it, and, and that kind of illustrates how different this is because um, it, it, disasters traditionally work, I guess, in a bottom-up kind of manner due to their localization. And here we're having to look at things from the top down. Um, and that's why you've seen these, you know, these governors making these very broad declarations. You know, like, like in the state of California, there's, I'm sure there are co- counties in California 
way back off in the you know Sierra Mountains or you know the the, the Great Redwood Forest or the or out in Death Valley, where those people are never going to come into contact with any kind of coronavirus, but yet. You know, their government has sought to, to clamp down on them just as, you know, they would somebody in downtown San Francisco or downtown Los Angeles. And, you know, and, and here, uh, I, you know, Gray Abbott, you know, has taken a really kind of a really very um, methodical approach to it. And, you know, he's, he's trying to not overstep, but yet recognize that, you know, people are um, – you know that this is this really is unusual. I mean, you know, think of all the past medical crises that we've had in the past. You know, whether it's Ebola or SARS or H1N1 or avian flu or whatever was the new tragedy coming down the pipe. This is the first one that I can remember that that we've actually shut down institutions to yeah. try to combat. Yeah, there's even an, an ongoing quarantine in San Antonio at the Lackland Air Force Base for people exposed to COVID-19 uh, overseas. So when we come back from the break, you know, what measures under Texas law could local authorities in your area impose to try and stop its spread? And what are your thoughts? What are your rights as a license to carry holder during the health crisis? This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news. During a press conference concerning coronavirus safety precautions, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva told citizens, Buying guns is a bad idea. Since the pandemic outbreak, California gun stores have seen a sharp increase in sales. Similar trends have been seen across the country. In addition to warning against purchasing firearms, Villanueva has also released over 600 inmates from county jails to help prevent the spread of coronavirus among the incarcerated population. In the same period of time, daily arrests in L.A. County have dropped by 80 percent and gun sales in California continue to spike. Pennsylvania has also seen a massive spike in firearm and ammunition sales during the coronavirus pandemic. 
However, the Philadelphia Police Department has shut down its gun permits unit, meaning any firearm owners without an LTC are risking arrest if carrying their gun for personal protection. At least five other Pennsylvania counties have done the same. A a spokesperson for the Philadelphia Police Department had this to say, because this entire pandemic is inherently fluid, we cannot predict how long it will be closed. Deputies in Berry Creek, California, were alerted to an explosion that led to the discovery of an explosives manufacturing facility, as well as illegal firearms and drugs. Upon arrival, deputies found Elizabeth Ellis, 55, and Nicholas West, 26. West was sent to the hospital with multiple injuries to his hands and legs. Due to the presence of explosive manufacturing devices, the local area was evacuated. Upon searching the house, police found 20 firearms, psilocybin mushrooms, controlled narcotics, and ammunition. Ellis was arrested for possession of illegal assault weapons, possession of a controlled substance, possession of an explosive device, and possession of materials necessary to make an explosive device. West is currently still in the hospital. And that is it. That's your your gun news from around the globe. I'm Gary Faust with GGN. All right, Gary. That's right. That's Gary. He's uh he's on Skype there. Gary's out of the state. He's in Arizona. He, he left us there. Good job, Gary. Yeah. All right, intern. All right, so let's yeah, go. Uh, I've been out here in the desert, hanging out, getting through the quarantine. <laughs> how how are they doing in in Arizona? Is it you know pretty much the similar? They're doing the same thing as Texas. Yeah, they're all the restaurants and bars. Bars are completely closed, unfortunately. Right. And the restaurants are all carry out and delivery. They have to close at 8 p.m. The the re- the uh, grocery stores are running out of food on the shelves. But I don't. Nobody seems to really be panicking around here, and nobody's you know getting violent or uh, looting or stealing. And I think that's because Arizona has really really loose gun laws. You know, uh, a lot of people pack heat around here, and I don't think people want to you know fool around and find out. So are you seeing people open carry? Yeah, we went, actually yesterday we went out into the desert and we we took some shotguns and some rifles out there just to go target practice. And there were, I mean, there had to be a hundred people out there. It was packed. And all the all my buddies that live out here said they'd never seen that many people out there before. People were driving dirt bikes around in quads, shooting guns, camping, swimming in the river. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> all right, nice. Yeah, you got to find a way to, you know, to to relax in all this madness, this craziness. And, and let me yeah. go to Dallas to Zach because Zach uh, he left us also. He's up there in Dallas in the Metroplex. So Dallas, how how is uh, the COVID uh, nineteen affecting the Dallas area? Good day, Austin, Texas. Uh, not too much going on here in Dallas, but I have some other news regarding the COVID. So some of you may know Rand Paul actually tested positive. So did Angela Merkel. Oh, wow. And there are now in the world over a billion people on lockdown. A billion. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm uh, supposed to be staying in Austin, but uh, hey, don't tell anybody I left, okay? Oh, sorry. I, I forgot. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that. Keep it... Just keep it a secret, all right? Just between you and me, Mike. All right. Sounds good. All right, Zach, we're going to come back to you. I want to go back to Edwin because, you know, what measures under Texas law could local authorities in your area impose to try, you know, and stop its spread? And what are your your rights as licensed to carry holders during a health crisis? 
So, Edwin? Right. Well, generally, what, what we have to remember is that generally, speaking in a general sense, um, you have all of the gun rights now that you had before any kind of declarations, emergencies, any of that. They still exist. Uh, the only thing that the Texas Code allows is it does allow local authorities to set up these quarantine areas and then to make rules about the quarantine area. And so I guess in theory, there could be a firearms restriction in one of these quarantine areas, uh, but we have not seen that come to pass yet. Now, one thing that's really interesting to remember is, like I said, the, the disasters that we're most inclined, you know, that we, we most have experience with are all natural disasters. And, um, of course, if anybody remembers Hurricane Katrina back in 2005 and how, uh, you know, Orleans Parish, the state of Louisiana, and the city of New Orleans just really went off the rails in, in aggressively de-arming people and confiscating their firearms, uh, for which I believe they, had, they ultimately had some liability for, uh, most of the government response to that was to actually reinforce firearms rights rather than approve of what the city of New Orleans did. And so immediately in the aftermath, we had the Texas legislature pass the law that specifically said that, um, that, that the police could not just randomly disarm people, that they could only temporarily disarm people for purposes of criminal investigations. And then they had immediately returned the firearm once the investigation over. Pretty much just what the standard law is, just reemphasizing that states of emergency and state disaster declarations do not allow police officers, you know, explicitly having to put it in the statute that just because a disaster declaration exists does not does not allow a police officer to confiscate a firearm. And even in the federal law, you know, in the federal law it says that uh, that that the federal government doesn't have authority to uh, in that no basically no federal act or federal agent has the authority to uh, to 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 go out and go beyond what the law already provides in terms of disarming people and so that was really kind of a, and many other states passed similar laws so that was really kind of a kind of a positive yeah. but with regard to this um, you know your firearms rights you especially if you're an LTC holder. Uh, they have not changed at all. Uh, you know, one of the things that we uh, dealt with or that we talked to many, many people about right after Governor Abbott's emergency declaration of, what, last Friday or last Thursday, uh, whatever, I can't remember exactly what day it was. I believe it was last Friday. Uh, of course, people remembered that in the last legislative session, you know, didn't they pass something about guns and disasters? And so we had to answer a lot of questions about that, uh, hopefully to quell the belief that somebody without an LTC, uh, after, just because there was a disaster declared, immediately obtained the right to carry a handgun anywhere they wanted to, uh, just simply because there was a disaster declaration. And I just want to remind all your listeners that what the law was passed, that what it said was that uh, that you had a defense to the law of unlawful carry. You had a defense to the you know the unlawful carry in certain statutorily prohibited areas uh, if there was a state of disaster declared, which there was, but you were in the act of evacuating an area or returning to an area. 
And since, of course, this disaster, uh, being that it's a biological disaster and not a natural, you know, a natural physical disaster, uh, there are no evacuations that have been ordered. Uh, or, you know, and in fact, like I said at the beginning of the show, we're kind of looking at the opposite of that. Instead of evacuations, we're more likely to see, uh, you know, quarantine orders, not evacuation orders. So that means so, right now you're, you're going to need your license to carry in order for you to walk around and carry your handgun. Correct. Your license to carry is what you, you know, you, you, all licensed to carry folks can still carry in the manner that they were allowed to. All folks who didn't have a license to carry are still prohibited from carrying as they were before the uh, before the disaster declaration. And also what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of people trying to buy or purchase their first firearm right now doing this, you know, doing the state of disaster here. And what they're finding is that if you don't have your license to carry handgun, uh, because if you have your LTC, then you can fill out the form. The background check's been done. Out you go. But now you don't have an LTC. What we're seeing is we're getting people that are delayed until April the 15th. It's not the three business days anymore. They're delaying these transactions till April the 15th, and we cannot transfer those firearms to those individuals until after you know April the 15th. We come back from the break. We're going to talk to Edwin Walker about that. We're talking about this state of disaster. We're talking about coronavirus and your right to carry in Texas. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Common Talking. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about coronavirus and your right to carry in Texas. And we're talking with Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Uh, what measures on the Texas law could local authorities in your area impose to try and stop it spread and what are your rights as a license to carry holder doing a health crisis so we have edwin walker here and we're talking about you know people walk into the gun store trying to purchase their first firearm and what i'm seeing i'm seeing all the people you know a lot of these people that actually turned their firearms in doing the gun buyback are now walking to the gun store to purchase a gun and they don't have a handgun license and they're getting delayed and 
they're frustrated about that because the delay is right now, it doesn't matter what day you came in last week, whether it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you were delayed until April the 15th. And so I want to ask Edwin about that. You know, that's crazy. You know, how can the ATF kind of change that? You know, what's going on? Are you hearing anything? Well, well, I don't know that they're changing things. I mean, the, the regulations are still the regulations. As far as I know, the ATF is not waived or altered or suspended the regulation that says that uh, that they still have to give you an answer within three days. Um, they obviously physically can't give you, or they're telling people that they can't give you uh, an answer, in which I've heard – you know, to be honest, I, I can't give a definitive answer on this because I've heard both ways. I've heard that they're sending out the April 15th deadline. I don't know what magical thing is going to happen on April 15th. Uh, but then I've also heard that a few people had gotten uh, mistakenly delayed and that instead of and, – and this was – you know, they were they were saying that, oh, we sent that out in error, uh, that it's really – Still, the three-day rule still applies, in which basically what the three-day rule is is that uh, the ATF has to answer you. You know, they, they can delay for three days, but then unless they send an affirmative denial after the three days, uh, then the sale can or the transfer can proceed basically at the discretion of the um, the discretion of the FFL dealer. And see, that's where it gets confusing because you know when you type in someone's background you we we actually type it in we don't call and we type it in and it, it comes back delayed it actually tells us uh, your et your ntn will be delayed while the NICS continues its research if you do not receive a response from us the brady law does not prohibit you from transferring the firearm on april 15th 2020 well see that's the part that i would be more clarification on because I don't think that they could do that. I don't think that that rule can be suspended like that. Right. So, so it'll be interesting. But this is really one of those situations where the market has kind of taken care of that uh, because from what I understand, uh, there aren't many guns out there left to transfer mm. from FFLs. Yeah. But pretty much the inventory, the, the inventory has all been bought up. Um, and so, uh, you know, so that, that may be one of the things that the market handles. Right. But I think that there's a lot of, like I said, leaving it to the discretion of the dealer. Uh, I think that maybe what has happened is, is, is we know that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of agencies out there that they're not, uh, they're not, they're not unwilling to shade the truth in order to get what they want. Um, you know, we see that from the DPS all the time. The DPS tells people things all the time that aren't exactly true in the hopes that they can modify their behavior to what they ultimately want. You know, like telling people that they can't have a drink and carry with their LTC. Right. Instead and of coming out and saying, no, 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 the law says you can't be intoxicated if you're done with an LTC. Uh, the, uh, the the DPS is not afraid just to say nope, can't have a drink at all and carry your uh, carry your handgun. So so it, it'll be interesting to see um, what the ultimate fallout from that is going to be. You know, if you do have a dealer out there that's like, look, I, I got no reason not to sell this gun. I didn't get a denial within three days. The the reg clearly says that if I don't get a denial within three days then I have discretion to transfer it. I'm choosing to transfer it. 
and it'll be interesting to see if the ATF, uh, after once this is all blown over, if the ATF, you know, opens up an investigation of those dealers. Right. And there's a lot of news coming out of a lot of different cities like Baltimore, Maryland. The mayor says in Baltimore, he's, he's asking people to stop shootings during the coronavirus outbreak. He said he literally saying, hey, folks, citizens, I need you to stop shooting each other. Stop killing each other while the coronavirus is going on, because we need those beds for people that have coronavirus and, and not shootings. Yeah, which is kind of ironically ridiculous because the law already tells you not to shoot, not to shoot people. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this, if this whole coronavirus thing is going to bring a new sense of civility to America. If it's going to, you know, make people step back and think, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't be a criminal. Um, I, it's just it is it's one thing that is very very interesting to see as a from a cultural point of view is to see how these anti-gun cities and anti-gun states uh, are reacting to this um you know i was obviously listening during your during your break and and the story about the los angeles county sheriff is just it really struck me as as uh as as kind of ridiculous right and um, and, and also you have like the philadelphia police department in Philadelphia there, they said that they're not going to arrest for certain things like burglary, um, car thefts, you know, things of that nature. I mean, so um, it's almost like the different cities out there encouraging people to commit crime because they're not going to arrest for these things. If you're going to arrest for Correct. burglary, I mean, then you're, 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 people have no choice but to make sure they take up arms to protect themselves and also protect their family. Correct. And so hopefully this will not be lost on a lot of people who maybe were, you know, anti-gun to begin with. And they are now seeing that their government will show no qualms uh, to, with one hand, allowing criminals to have free reign. And in the other hand, advocate, actively advocate that citizens don't use firearms to defend themselves. I mean, obviously this is, you know, this is what we as gun advocates always say is their ultimate game plan. And now we're actually seeing it uh, play out. And so maybe this will open the eyes of people who have been on the fence about whether or not to support firearms rights. And then Felicia, you got a little update on on what's going on around the U.S. on some other issues as well. Yes. So we all know that Greg Abbott gave a really great update, in my opinion, today about kind of reassuring people that we're not going to go on lockdown because we have 200 counties with no cases. Well, simultaneously, while Greg Abbott was on air, Louisiana actually said that they were issuing a a shelter in place um, for the entire state. And to kind of put that into perspective for you, Louisiana in and of themselves have over 500 cases currently. Um, and so they're completely going on lockdown and I can't find a finite number of what's going on in Ohio, but it looks like as of four hours ago, they were reporting 350 or so. And so you can see that those two states have significantly more cases than Texas. And y'all will probably never hear me say this again, but I'm really appreciating the way that Greg Abbott is handling this in Texas right now. And allowing our our stores and restaurants to still be open, 
so that our economy doesn't take a huge, huge hit. Yeah, because as we the more this prolongs, the worse it's going to be on the other side. You know, because people still have you, you still have your your rent, your mortgage, and all that stuff that you still have to pay. They may not be doing anything about it now, but then you know, once this is all over, your landlord's going to come knocking and expecting those funds. Yeah. So my roommate is actually a server slash bartender at the domain, and they shut his restaurant down for six weeks. They're open for takeout and delivery, but they only need two or three people on staff. And he had to leave. He had to go back to his parents and work for the family business. Otherwise, his half of the bills wouldn't be getting paid. And that's just one example. I have friends who are having to go on unemployment because they can't work. Mm. All right. And let me change gears just a little bit, Edwin. So when it comes to public health disasters in Texas, legally Legally recognized emergency situations are called states of disaster and are declared by the governor through executive order. Now, Governor Abbott made uh, his first you know, announcement of this uh, on March 13th. Uh, so these declarations are often issued because of a natural disaster like a hurricane or a flood, like you said, Edwin. However, there are other types of public emergencies specifically geared toward health. Um, so like public health disasters, these may be declared by the governor of the Texas Department of State Health Services Commissioner and public health emergencies as well. So these public health declarations may continue for up to 30 days and may be renewed once by the commissioner for an additional 30 days under Texas Health and Safety Code. So, Edwin, let me ask you this, you know. We, we're seeing, you know, this shelter in place. We're seeing the government shutting down restaurants, shutting down bars. We're seeing governments around the country saying, you know what, now you have to stay in place. You know, the government's telling the people what they have to do. What's going to stop the government from saying, from, from actually coming after our guns? Because this is something that we've never experienced before. And our Constitution, the way it's written, does not really allow for some of this stuff to happen. You're correct. And that's why, you know, I, I said we, we really are in uncharted territory. And it's going to be fascinating from a legal point of view uh, to see how this plays out because, um, you know, the this could get to the level. The only other time that we have ever seen something like this, something that really caused a foundational potentially foundational foundational constitutional crisis is would probably be the civil war you know that that's really the only thing that i can think about now obviously there we're dealing with belligerents uh you know and we're dealing with americans trying to kill other americans uh here it obviously hasn't gotten to that level yet but uh, a lot of there was a tremendous expansion of federal power after the civil war there was a tremendous expansion of federal power after the you know economic crisis that that spawned the new deal and so here i there there really has to be an advocacy to resist an expansion of not just federal but also state power uh after this is over with because you know i guarantee that the governments and i don't want to sound like you know some sort of lunatic but I guarantee that the government is taking notes, and they are absolutely seeing how much, you know, what Americans will tolerate uh, in terms of limitation of, and this goes obviously way beyond gun rights, but uh, limitations on their right to uh, the, the First Amendment rights, their right to assemble, their right to 
uh, interstate commerce, the right to travel. And hold on All there, of those Ed, issues hold, are coming into play. And hold on there, Ed. When we come back, I'm going to let you finish that because I'm wondering how long are the people going to stay inside how long you know when they say hey stay in place how long is that going to happen you know right now we're in day day six in texas you know or or austin for people having to close their restaurants in their bars how long are people going to stay at home at, at what point are people going to get restless and then the criminal activity is going to start we come back from the break going to talk about that this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're going to get back up. We're going to empower you to empower yourself and also take care of yourself. This is what we've been planning for all this time. Something like this, a national disaster to happen. You know, we've been saving food. You know, you're stockpiling your ammunition and all that stuff. And people called you crazy. But guess what? You're not crazy. You got ammunition. You got you have food. Uh, your family's taken care of. You didn't have to run to the store and and, you know, grab all this stuff because you know what? My other half is a hoarder. And let me tell you, we have a lot of stuff at the house. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I, I, I actually had to apologize. Say, so, you know. I apologize, uh, you know, for all this time, me picking on you and and saying, you know, why are you, you know, why are you stockpiling all this stuff, you know, and 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 now it 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 just it all comes together because now we need it, and this is what this is what we planned for all this time. Uh, so, listen to this update because just before we went on air, Governor Abbott came on and he has some things to say, and our producer is going to give us a little update. Yeah, Mike. About ninety minutes ago, Texas Governor Greg Abbott flanked by. Uh... The uh, Department of State Health Services Commissioner John Helderstadt and Texas Division of Emergency Management Chief Nim Kidd, flanked by those two at the state capitol, given just a little update on the state's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Abbott resisting the call for a statewide shelter-in-place order right now, basically saying, look, more than 200 counties across the state still have zero positive cases of COVID-19, although Abbott did open the door for the state's harder-hit urban areas to declare their own if uh, they felt it was necessary. Abbott saying the local jurisdictions already have that authority and the the tools they need there if they feel that's what's best 
for their local area. 334 confirmed cases of COVID-19 across the state. Six deaths, the most recent one in North Texas in the Metroplex. Abbott saying more than 8,000 people have been tested so far for the virus across the state. A couple new executive orders aimed mainly at increasing the state's hospital capacity. That's one of the reasons why there's kind of some pressure on the governor right now to declare that shelter-in-place order. Uh, a couple of executive orders, one aimed at increasing the number of nurses that are available, uh, relaxing some licensing rules there, and then another one that allows, uh, for one thing, calls on healthcare facilities across the state to immediately delay any elective and non-medically necessary procedures, and then also uh, relaxes the rules on only one patient to a room, so hospitals can now have two patients in a room, which may help with some shortages there. And that's basically the extent of what the governor had to say. We are waiting on an update from the White House. That was originally scheduled at 4, then 4.30, and we're still waiting for it. So more on that to come. Updates at the top and bottom of the hour here on Talk 1370. All right. Thank you, Casey. That's our producer giving us an update from the governor, uh, Governor Greg Abbott. And Felicia, you said something important during the break there. You're saying that, you know, with all these regulations that are now being relaxed by the governor, what does that mean? So, like I said earlier, I'm really impressed with the way that Greg Abbott is is handling this situation. But what I'm seeing is every single executive order that he's issued so far has been getting rid of or relaxing different types of regulations. And so I'm going to be really looking forward to the 2021 legislative session because if our elected officials do not take this opportunity to say, hey, releasing these legislations or releasing these regulations got us through this hard time. Why don't we do this all the time? If it can reduce costs and help make care better. Um, I think that we're going to come out on the other side of this ahead and honestly as a freer society, so at least on the state level. So we're learning we need less government. I mean, less we already knew that. Less regulation. But I think, I think government is learning that we need less government. And then also you had a question. Uh, someone had a question online yes. there for so uh, Edwin. Mary had a question, and she asked, how far does someone have to come into my eight-foot trailer, essentially, before I am able to use uh, force? The, 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 the question is predicated on the fact that somebody has already come into her trailer? Yes. How far does a criminal have to enter? <laughs> My uh, thought is authority in there. Mary, Please, Mary. Yeah, Shoot, good, news, but... good news for Mary. Uh, she doesn't have to let him get that. that. That's why I was curious because that the premise of that question should be, um, you know, she should be glad to know that she doesn't have to let them in at all. Uh, and in fact, even their attempted unlawful and forceful entry into her trailer. Uh, is a is basically a, a, an act that would trigger her ability to use deadly force uh, and be given a presumption that her use of deadly force was reasonable. So it's not an issue of how far they can come. Now, the issue is they can't even attempt to come into her trailer. All right. And then, Edwin, a lot of people are talking about this H.R. 5717. I don't know if you heard of this or not. I, I didn't get a chance to send this to you. Is H.R. 5717 Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act of 2020. A lot of people are yes. talking about this. Oh, well, they should because this is – and that's one thing I wanted – you know, I know that time is short, but, uh, you know, this, this will – we will get through this. This will teach us a lot of things. 
this will uh, teach us that a lot of regulations are unnecessary, uh, like the one about not being able to deliver alcoholic beverages. That should go out the window. Uh, but also, um, this will uh, hopefully the anti-gun folks will be exposed, and any push to increase gun laws, both on the federal and state level, uh, will be met with very stringent opposition. And the worst of the bunch is 50, HR 5717. It is it is every single uh, you know whenever the you know when the anti-gun folks try to keep telling us that we're crazy and that they're not coming for your guns, and we just want common sense. And we're like, no, the path leads to this, in which the path leads to 5717. 5717 is the culmination of every draconian gun law that you can think. It, it basically is the first step, or it basically it's the, the next step after 5717 would be the police kicking in your door to confiscate your guns. All right. That is how far it goes. And then also, Edwin. And I'd love to. We we probably could do an entire show on it. So let's think about doing that in the future. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. We'll do. And then also, Edwin uh, C.J. Grisham says hi. I want to make sure I told you that. Oh, hey C.J. How you doing? <laughs> All right. So in in closing, Edwin, what would you like people to know about this? Um, and where they are today, what's happening, what's happening in Texas, what hap- what's happening around the country, you know, what's happening on a national level. Um, and this is just the beginning. This is just the start of this. You know, what do, what do you have to say? Yeah, in and that, well, that's basically what you should always remain vigilant. Um, just because we're in time of emergencies, you don't lose your Fourth Amendment rights. You don't lose your Second Amendment rights. Um, martial law, I think, is I, I I don't see one. I don't want to see people get worked up over martial law because it has been a foundational principle uh, in Amer in American jurisprudence that uh, that as long as the courts are open, uh, which means that we have a judicial branch, not that they actually physically have to be open, but as long as the courts are open, martial law cannot exist. And so I'd like people to you know kind of kind of don't be so concerned about that. But let's absolutely 100% be aware of any kind of incremental loss of our uh, freedoms, uh, basically in the name of you know in the name of whatever they're trying to propose. Because you know, in many ways, how the government reacts after this crisis, and hopefully they recognize that a lot of regulations are overblown. Uh, but hopefully they don't recognize that. Oh, it was really easy to tell the American people what they could do, where they could go, how late they could be outside, what restaurants could be open, what places couldn't be. Uh, let's hope that the government doesn't learn those lessons from this. And we, of course, need to remain vigilant uh, after this is over to make sure that the government you know, goes back into their corner where they belong and they don't try to keep their tentacles in everybody's lives like they are now. Absolutely. Man, thank you, Edwin Walker. That's the principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Uh, Lord, make me fast and accurate. Let my aim be true and my hand faster than those who would seek to destroy me. Grant me victory over my foes and those that wish to do me harm to me and mine. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.